Hi, and welcome to Empowering Blackpool, the podcast designed to help anyone overcome the problems that all of us can face at some point in our lives. I'm Lindsay from Empowerment Charity, and in this episode, I speak to John Benson. John is an activities officer at Empowerment, and he works with men in the Claremont Ward who are socially and digitally isolated. Being socially and digitally isolated means having little or no contact with others. John, welcome to Empowering Blackpool. Thank you. Can you tell me about the work that you're doing in Blackpool? It's about getting people out of their houses. Like people are so socially isolated and lonely and on their own and don't see anyone. I mean, they come, they get together, they support each other. We've been, we've had a year of like showing them how to use tablets and the apps on tablets. You know, getting them involved in digital things and getting to meet people and from their own area and because there's loads of them that have neighbours that they don't talk to. You know what I mean? Discovering that they can talk to others. So, in just in general, so the work that obviously you've been doing in Claremont, as you say, it is we've been working with men. So I, I've obviously been part of that project as well. And I can see that, you know, the majority of people that we are having referrals for are men in particular. Why do you think men are hard to engage? I know why I think men are hard to engage, but what do you think from a man's perspective, from what you've heard from the guys there? A lot of ego, pride, uh, blocks them off, from asking for help. You know, they've worked all their lives, some of them. Uh, you know, they provide, they've been able to look after themselves and it's that pride thing, getting over that that ego and going, you know what, I can't do it all myself no more. I need help, you know, especially with men. And I notice it myself, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, I've got myself in this mess, I'll get myself out of it. That old attitude. Yeah. And normally when the guys come along, sometimes they are reluctant, aren't they? They they sort of think, well, it might not actually be for me, but I'll I'll go down and I'll see what's going on. And and I think for me, I don't know about you, but it's all about the confidence really of, of coming in and, and sort of just going through that, that first door. You know, obviously um, we've got a few men now that, you know, they've, they've been going quite a while, so they have got those those friendship links have formed. So it can be difficult, I suppose, for other people to come forward and, and join something that is, you know, already established. But what would you say the reaction is when somebody comes that's new? What do you think the other what how are the other guys? What do they do? You know what? They're so welcoming. It's good. They don't like isolate them. They get them involved and everyone everyone that's come to the group has got involved and enjoyed it and come back. We haven't had someone come and think, oh, it's not for me, and go. We've we've had stayers, you know what I mean? It's like some have just moved on in life, but like as far as the group goes, they love it. <laughs> and I know at Christmas, obviously, we had, um, we had well, I always do a, a Christmas chatty cafe, and I decided this year to do it in Claremont because I know that the guys were really quite excited to have a Christmas together. Why do you think that people find uh, those key dates at you know Christmas, is Easter coming up? Why do you think people are finding it particularly difficult at that time? People that are lonely and isolated, you know, not seeing the family and stuff. It's a big family time, and people have got a lot of memories associated with Christmas and the past and the kids, and you know, some are 
not talking to the children or don't see the children as much, living on their own. Years past, they'll have had a big Christmas dinner with everyone round and stuff, and it brings back a lot of memories. And, of course, there's always that financial burden as well, buying everyone presents and, you know, being alone on Christmas Day. It's not nice for anybody. No, and I think, especially for me, I mean, I've been looking at the media recently and, and obviously how the media portrays these key dates in our social calendars, really. So there is quite a lot of pressure, isn't there, to to say, right, well, you know, Christmas is coming, so you've got to be with all your family, you've got to spend lots of money, you've got to, you know, be be around a lot of people. So it's, it's quite a social occasion, obviously. And when you don't have those social kind of connections, it can be really difficult. So I know, obviously, with your group, we've tried to make a, a bit more of a fuss around those time of years because... We know it means so much to those people. I mean, what what would you say the reactions were to Christmas? You know, I, I've spoke about them. I mean, spending that Christmas with them all together, they loved it. You know, the Christmas meal we had at the Chatty Calf and the guys, they had their own little Christmas meal as well. We had, we had Christmas songs going and, you know, the run-up to it, obviously, we spoke because it was getting them down because they turned the telly on Every advert's about either family or giving presents, buying presents. You know, it's uh, it brings stirs up a lot of emotions for them. You know, the radio. You know, we've got a posh decided guy that comes, and even the radio was just full of family get-togethers, this, that, the other, Christmas parties. For you know, and that's all they seem to hear when they have the radio on or see when they've got the telly on. And it can bring them down a bit. So it was uplifting to have the Christmas days and they enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think really what, what we've been talking about, for me anyway, is it's about breaking the stigma to do with social isolation that's linked to loneliness. Loneliness, if, you know, people saying, you know, I'm lonely, that's that's quite a big deal, really, um, to some people. And it shouldn't be because, you know, we have obviously just been through the pandemic and we've had to isolate. Some of us have had to isolate, you know, with, with little or no interaction. And and when it comes to making a connection with someone, it has to be a meaningful connection. So obviously we've spoke about Christmas, we spoke about those key social dates, and it is that meaningful connection. And and for me, I know with our group, it is that's what it is that they're making that meaningful connection. We've had one person, uh, obviously not mentioning any names, but he was became quite ill recently. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, we had a gentleman. He Came Mondays and Tuesdays, regular to the group. Always answered the phone to me. If he didn't, he rung back. Always text back. Really nice guy. Always getting involved in whatever's going on in the groups and helping. He was he, he, he was a big part. He is a big part. He helps others when he's there. And I noticed a couple of texts didn't get replied and a couple of calls didn't get answered and he didn't ring back and... You know, I had to speak with my manager and we called his next of kids and uh, I just said, like, you know, can you give him a call? Like, you've got a key. He said he had a key to his property and when he went round, uh, found that he was unresponsive and had been in a chair for about three to four days. He thought that he'd had a stroke. So he called an ambulance, I stayed in contact with him and it turned out he had, uh, well, some kind of, tumour on his brain that he's had to have removed, he's had to be taken to Preston and he's had two brain surgeries and recently 
when he's in recovery, we've had a group call in the meeting where we've had the last... I asked him first, and we all said, wished him his best, and, oh, believe it. It was such a powerful call. And he was like, I can't wait to get back. And I said, listen, you just get well, you know what I mean? But his cousin actually said to us that, you know what, we think if you hadn't asked us to go around, he may have not been with us today, you know? And that was powerful, really powerful. Because if he had stayed socially isolated, as he was before these groups, maybe someone not watching out for them, he could have passed away and it would have been very sad. And I think that's the thing, really, when it comes to loneliness and isolation. I think people can be quite presumptuous that it's just a, a bit of a feeling. And, and sometimes it is. It is a fluid feeling. Sometimes you can feel quite lonely at times when you're in a room full of people. You can feel lonely for a short period of time in your life. You know, it, it depends on, on personal sort of personal circumstances, really. But when it boils down to it, I think with our groups especially, you know, once you've made that meaningful connection, even if it's just with yourself, John, you know, we're making sure that those people are kept in touch. You know, we, we kind of check up on people, make sure that they're feeling all right or if they just need a bit of support. And I think that is, that's what it's about. It's breaking that stigma is is around that meaningful connection. And, and it could be to anything. It doesn't have to be to a, you know, specifically if you're a man going to a men's group, it doesn't have to be, you know, if you've got Parkinson's going to a Parkinson's group. As long as you can find your sort of tribe, I suppose, and, and make those connections, that's kind of how you start to have that, those feelings of loneliness start to lessen. Um, and obviously in this example, you know, if if we hadn't have, have gone to gone round, then, you know, the outcome could have been a lot different. But as you say, as part of his recovery, we, we're still there. So although we are virtual, we are still there. And I know that the other guys have expressed such, you know, gratitude towards that, you know, because when they can't get to the group, it is such a, it's so powerful. Like you say, it's it's special. They're a special group of guys. And I think that, I mean, talking about your feelings. I mean, I've been there a few times and they've spoken to me, but I think relating to another man is, is is also something that's really important. That's why I asked, obviously, why are men in particular, why are they hard to engage? Because from me, obviously, running the group, they don't open up to me half as much as they open up to you. Obviously, when you started the job and, and started talking to those guys, I found out 10 times more things, you know, through private conversation that, you know, we need to support these people with a, a variety of things. So it's not just about coming together um, and being, you know, together through the digital means, whatever the activity is. It's it's more about those conversations. So I was just going to ask, really, what what's the future hold? Like, what's going to happen at the Claremont Project? We've uh, got developments for, we have a chatty calf on a Monday and um, what it is, is the guys that come on a Tuesday are going to volunteer on a Monday and help build the chatty cafe up. We're going to put a theme to it. We've got a few ideas about certain coffees, but we're going to do food that's cheap and get the community talking, like we said, get them out of their house, uh, get them to meet the neighbours if they do, you know, get to make connections themselves with people, you know. Uh, it's already doing this, but, like, obviously... We want to bring it forward and we've got a few ideas around maybe doing smart things. We've got ideas about taking it on the streets of Claremont area and encouraging more people, telling them where we are and what we get up to, you know what I mean? And 
just putting it out there that you do not have to sit in your own, on your own. Been there myself. It's like you can sit there and just be paying the bills and just existing. And that's no life. That's no life. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about your personal experience because obviously, you know, when when we put out for this job, we wanted to make sure that we had the right person. And I know you did speak of your own personal experience. You know, w- would you like to share some of that with us? Yeah. You know, my experience made me what I am today. My my past experience made me the person I am today. But isolated, I was very isolated growing up, very chaotic family. And I sort of didn't, that ego and pride in me was nailed down because I was the youngest brother of five. They were all like Romans. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I can't, I can't say that I don't like this. I don't like that. I have to man up and that. And I, grew up, I had to grow up really fast. By the time I was 18, when you spoke, Lindsay, about being on my own in a group of people, I would be, you know, that 18-year-old on my own in a pub. Well, with a load of friends in a pub, feeling on my own, not wanting to talk to anyone, not, not listening to anyone properly, really. And it disconnected me for the rest of my life. Well, I ended up going down a slippery slope of, taking uh, recreational drugs, drinking, and committing petty crime. And I, I just existed for like near on 20 years, you know, flitting from flat to flat, not having the same group of friends ever. People used to say I was a social butterfly, but it was because my, prob- <laughs> my problem, as I got told when I, I did a, a bit of counselling, I had a bit of counselling is, my problem was other people. I didn't like people. I wasn't a people person. And that I had to learn to become more of a people person. And that was part of me getting out of me. Because I just used to think about myself constantly. But now I realise it's part of thinking about others and what I can do for others in my life. It is quite a surprise that you say that part of your sort of recovery journey has been that you were told that you're not a people person because obviously you are like, the biggest people person ever now and and I was just sort of reflecting on what you'd said about you know the work that you've done with with the guys at Claremont and I just wonder how it makes you feel now like when you're with them and when you're working with them and when you're getting those results. I absolutely love it and even though I say I wasn't a people person it was there all the time but I had a fear around people. (laughs) I had to sort that out and realise that and as you said now I really, I've grown to understand by having humility and realising that I've been there myself and pulled through like 20 years of depression, I'd say, that anyone, anyone, it's possible can turn the life around from be, be lonely, isolated, under, under the spell of anything in life, whether it be any chemical that you take or, you know, just living in anger there's a lot of people that just live in anger and hate the world and stuff but you can turn that round just with a little bit of help and support like i like being able to make a difference in people's lives today something i never knew that i could do until i started learning and started you know integrating to this sort of thing and today ah the smiles i say at that group you know from as you know, Lindsay, we've had people that never even left the house. We've had people that have never engaged with any other service. 
they've made appointments but never turned up, come in on a regular basis, like the first service that they've attended week in, week out, and they answer the phone to, you know what I mean? It's like, well, he's answering the phone. Yeah, he answers the phone to me all the time. And like you said, Lindsay, he's told me things that he's not told people that he should have done. I have actually said to him, you know, they can help you if you tell them that. So Blackpool's quite unique. So the work that I've done over the last five, six years is around loneliness and isolation. It's the trends and themes that I've always seen has been men revisiting Blackpool so and, and staying here. So you might get men who have been here as, you know, when they're younger, when they've experienced a really great holiday, where they've just really had a, had a great memory here um, and people return here in the, in the later life and potentially... They find actually, and not maybe not even the later life, because you know loneliness doesn't discriminate. You know we have got younger people in our group as well, but the majority are a little bit older, and they come back thinking they can relive that and rekindle that sort of feeling, that making that meaningful connection. And actually, when they get to this point, it's it's not that, and so they do end up potentially, you know, living on their own, kind of mixing with the wrong crowd potentially, taking drugs, homelessness, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And I'd probably say that in our group, there's only maybe one or two that actually are from Blackpool. Quite a lot of them actually are from around uh, different, you know, around the town, not not too far away, but they still never kind of grew up in Blackpool. So they've all got their own reasons for being here. But I do think that's what makes the group so unique because they can relate to that lived experience of, of moving around and and being able to come together, you know, through that mutual sort of, yeah, we've been there, done that, we've, we've sort of floated around a bit and now we're kind of here. I do think that makes us, the bond a bit stronger. I'm not sure what you think, John. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the fond memories of, you know, when they come on holiday as a family and they saw all the flashing lights and they heard all the fairgrounds and everything else, uh, that they come back and realise it, it was all right for a couple of weeks, but it's a bit different living here. And But then I absolutely love the place. I, I, you know, about 20 years ago, I'm, I'm born here, but 20 years ago I thought, oh, I'll move to Manchester. And then I realised quickly, in the, in the case of two months, that it wasn't for me. Uh, this was my home and I love it. And I mean, I've seen it all. It's like people do come here and retire. You know, you, they look at the Sensons as being a bit pricey. So they, they end up living in Blackpool and, and they realise it's a nice community spirit in Blackpool. I love it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I think that's what makes it so unique. And I think Claremont, especially, you know, it has been identified as one of the one of the most deprived wards in, well, in the area, in the country, really. But actually, when you're on Claremont and you're talking to the guys, because they obviously all have to live in Claremont to be on our project, the the community spirit is it's second to none. And I think it's kind of rubbed off on them as well. So, for example, like one of the per- people that come. I know he was saying like, oh, it doesn't like mingling with people, doesn't really like speaking to people. And and now he's sort of like, oh, I spoke to my neighbour the other day, you know, and that was like the first time when I spoke to him that he'd actually reached out and he said, well, they live on their own. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's like infectious. You know, you show that kindness and support to people and then they sort of show it to, to the next person, to the next person, you know. And yes, we do have problems in the town. We do have problems in the area, but I, I do think... Once you're in Blackpool, I, I do think the, the Blackpool or well, Blackpoolians uh, are 
very friendly and actually I think just building on this community coming up is, is going to be a great opportunity. Um, so I'm going to say change is possible. So if someone is feeling isolated and lonely, what would you recommend that they do? There is plenty of groups out there. Get out, meet people, talk to people. The biggest step is admit to yourself that you want help and then asking for help. You know, the first couple of steps. Once you ask for help, you will find groups like Lindsay says in your area. Connect and, and just go around, see which group suits you, you know. With our group at Claremont, I've had people that go, well, I haven't been to any group before. I haven't been to nothing, no community centres before. I've got more. All right, I'll meet you outside on the bench. And we've sat outside and talked, you know, on a separate day. I've met them one-to-one. And so we go in there and a few other people go in there and then the next week they come in. I, I do. Th- I was just going to say, I do think that most people that organise a group, so the group facilitators, once you reach out, you know, there's Facebook groups, There's you can go online, you could just even just walk around your area and see what either community centres or churches, even if you're not from a faith, it doesn't really matter. There's always like good people within those settings where they'll just meet you for a brew, just have a chat. You know, reaching out, as John says, is it is that first step. You know, it is nerve-wracking. But once you do it, your confidence grows so much. And actually, stepping through that door, most people know that that is a huge sort of barrier. So just having a look, having a walk around, seeing what's going on in your area. And I think just reaching out, whichever way you do that, that's the first big hurdle. And after that, it's just all plain sailing and confidence grows and you know yeah it's just great to get yourselves out there especially now it's coming up for better weather there's a little bit more to do in the town and just connect with people john thank you so much for talking with empowering blackpool thank you very much for having me thanks for listening if you found empowering blackpool useful please give us a rating and leave us a review in your podcast app For more information about the topics discussed in this episode, go to empowermentcharity.org.uk or call 0300 32 32 100.